Welcome to Freedom Slay Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Hey, hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, then I know that at some point you've asked yourself, when is it going to be time to leave my job? I'm sure of it, right? And look, people are going to try to give you a whole lot of different types of advice, right? Some people are going to say, wait until you have X amount saved and they're going to tell you how much and to build up something. Then you're going to have people who tell you leap and don't look back. And the truth is, it's going to look different for every single person. However, what I do know to be true is that those who have leaped and, you know, didn't have a plan and didn't have anything and they just went for it, bless them because that takes a whole lot of strength and courage. And I do think that's what some people need to do. But what I know for sure is those who have done that, all the ones that I know have had the most trials along the way. So what I'm going to be teaching you is exactly what it is that I did, how I planned. And so you can get some clarity around your exit strategy as well. So if that sounds good, then tune in because I have four different steps that I want you to do in order to set yourself up for exiting success. Sounds good? Let's dive in. Actually, before we dive in, I'm thinking, I just said leaped instead of lapped. I'm pretty sure I did. But you guys do know that English is my first language. It's just sometimes confusing to tell. (laughs) Anyway, we'll continue on. And I want to share, like I said, four of the steps that can really, I believe, help you to feel more confident about your exit. The first thing is to have something. And what I mean by have something is have something that you can offer someone a value that solves a problem. So whether that's a product or a service, the only way that it's going to sell and more importantly, sell well and sell continuously is if it's something that people actually want and what they need, or at least something they think they need, because it may be something they need, but if you aren't able to express or articulate that they need it and help them come to the realization that they need it, then it's going to be really difficult to sell. So you first thing is you have to have something of importance or something that solves that problem for the ideal client that you have. So also knowing your ideal client is important too, but I think we talked about that in a previous podcast. And if it's something you want to dive deeper into, I can definitely do an entire episode all about getting really specific with who your audience is. But right now I want you to have something. So that's step number one. What is that thing that you can sell? What is that thing that you can create? What is that thing or that service that you can provide? What is your something or some things? But let's start with something initially that you have to offer. What is that offer for your audience? And it could help you if you take some time, if you don't have something, let's say you're at the very beginning of this, you don't know what you should be doing, but you know that you don't want to be behind that desk. You know, you don't want to have to put in another vacation request. You know, you don't want to sit behind that cubicle and receive a 10 year award or something like that for being there for a long time. If you know that's not your future, but you aren't quite sure where to go, then I would say sit down and ask yourself, what are the questions you typically get asked? What are you really great at? You know, what are the things that you do and that come so naturally to you and people are asking all the time or asking you for assistance with it all the time? 
And you probably don't think of it about it very often because it's come so easily for you. What is that thing? Maybe it's you being able to barley roll or corn roll someone's hair really easily, right? And I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be you corn rolling people's hair. Get creative with it as well, right? So that takes us to the next point, which is to monetize that something. So if it is, we're going to go with the corn roll example there. So if it is you're really great at corn rolling hair, you don't have to necessarily, like I said, trade your dollars for always continuously by, you know, taking clients, doing their hair and being done with it, though you can, that is one way to monetize it. You have so many more options as well. You have the ability to create the YouTube channel and teach people and monetize that. It will take time. You also have the ability to create a course, potentially an e-course that's teaching people to do this. Maybe you're going and assisting people at salons who may be great with the other tactical pieces that they learned at school, but they may not be that great with doing corn rolls on a certain type of hair, black hair. Hello, right? So potentially that's how you monetize it and go to maybe corporates to figure this out. So it's so many ways that you could do it. Maybe you're creating an ebook with step-by-step things. And of course, when you're looking at little things like ebooks or even through YouTube initially, because you aren't going to be able to monetize it right away through ads right? And even ads don't generate a whole lot of money. The people on YouTube that make the most money are selling other things as well. In addition to getting that, you know, the little bit of ad revenue that they get in. So even if you create an ebook, right, then that means you're either going to have to do something that allows you to sell to multiple people because it's a lower ticket item or figure out how you can create something that allows you to sell less or sell more to less people, I should say, or sell you guys understand, right? So if it's a higher ticket item, you have to sell, you don't have to sell to as many people to hit whatever that target is that you're trying to reach. So maybe that is reaching your monthly income that you normally make at your job, your nine to five, whatever it is. Maybe it's taking one-on-one clients that could potentially be hairdressers instead of going to like corpse or whatever. I was saying corpse, but I meant, you know, salons, but maybe it's individual hairdressers that are your clients and you're teaching them how to do different styles that maybe they don't know how to do. And they are charging and well, you're charging and they're paying for your one-on-one service. Possibly that's it. Or maybe the thing is you're really great at relationship advice, right? And people are constantly asking you, even people you feel like you don't know that well, maybe they're at the office, are constantly asking you for your advice. You can begin, especially if they're getting great results from it, you could begin monetizing those results by creating an ebook, creating courses, creating the YouTube channel, doing these things that assist you and the ebook or a physical book become a product, right? So that's your product. And then you have service options of coaching potentially, or maybe training them. And of course, you're not going to be like putting yourself out there as some relationship therapist or anything like that, because there are certifications that are required for that. However, I also understand and do believe that you don't have to be certified to be qualified for certain things, right? So what I mean by that is there are a lot of people holding certificates. There are a lot of people with degrees in certain things that aren't got the abilities to help people transform in certain areas. So of course, I'm not talking about like surgeons and lawyers and things like that. You obviously at that point, because there is such a great chance for liability and things going wrong, you're going to want a paper for that. But I mean, for other things, oftentimes we as humans often question our ability to create something or to create a service specifically because we feel like we're underqualified. And if that's you, if I'm talking to you right now, make sure you take a screenshot and share it on Instagram right now and tag me on it at Gainete. 
But the reason I'm saying this is because I know there are people that I hear it all the time where they're like, oh, you know, I'm really good at this one thing, but, you know, I want to take these hundred courses and pay $10,000 in order to really get really great. And then I can start selling my services. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. You don't always have to do that. And while I think it's super important that you get the knowledge and then you do, you know, take those courses and do all those things, don't feel like you have to do those before you can move. And that's what I mean by this, because I think it's super important that you invest in your success and you invest in your dream. You invest in your personal development. Super, super important. But what I'm talking about specifically is thinking you need that before you can do what you do. And to give you an example of that, when I sold my first Book Boss Blueprint, which is an e-course I created to teach people how to self-publish successfully, I didn't have a coaching certification. I didn't have no trainer certification. And English was not a major of mine, right? But that does not mean that I wasn't qualified to teach people how to put their book out there. I qualified myself because I was able to make my book a bestseller before it even launched through pre-order sales. That was my qualification. And you have people who may have coaching degrees that weren't able to assist people to create books, right? So that's what I mean by, you know, qualifications over certifications. For me, it's always more important to show me the receipts. Tell me what you're able to do, who you're able to transform what you've been able to do for yourself. Yep, the paper can assist you for sure. However, I want to see your receipts because there are a lot of certified people who do not have qualifications or receipts. And I mean, ideally, you'd like to have both, right? You'd like to be qualified and certified. Since then, I've done so many things that's helped me to certify myself along with qualify myself as someone who can share this knowledge. However, at the beginning, qualify yourself, put yourself on if you have the information and the knowledge and the skills to back it up, right? Even if that came from YouTube University, hello. And one more caveat before I move on to the next bit, and that is I did notice, and I have to share this, that after I did begin investing heavily in my success even more through coaches, through courses, you know, all of those things, I was able to make a lot more money and I had invested in my success previous to my book coming out. So I bought Marie Forleo's B-School, which is like a 2K e-course that's like business school for online entrepreneurs at the end of the day, right? So I had invested in my success. However, as far as it comes to like book writing and teaching people how to write their own books, nah, wasn't necessarily certified for that, but I did it anyway. I was able to monetize my skill that I learned from creating a book. So the book was the first product I had. So I had my physical product. And from that book, I was able to help myself build a bigger audience. I was able to help myself create these courses 
courses and things that assist people today, which reminds me that my Cubicle Ditch Academy is launching soon and I'm super duper excited for this. So you guys, if this is something you're interested in ditching your cubicle, then I can 100% help you with this. I've had so many people that I've worked with this year alone chuck the deuces to their job and I have some free training that's happening really soon. So if you want to get on that, then it's gainate.com forward slash webinar, but I'll put the link down in the show notes in case you don't know how to spell my name because I get it. G-A-Y-N-E-T-E dot com forward slash webinar is where you can get on the list so that you can get that free training as well. So back to it. So the first thing is to have that something, right? Whether that is a skill that you've developed, whether it's something you're really great at, it could be questions that are people are constantly asking. Maybe it's something you really enjoyed, you taught yourself, or maybe it's something you learned when you were a kid and you still love doing it in your spare time. Whatever that something is, you can make money off of it. Caesar Milan makes money playing with dogs when you boil it down to it, right? The dog whisperer. Oprah makes money talking. J.K. Rowling makes money by writing. There are things that people think you can't make a whole lot of money out of, but there are a whole lot of people that are making a whole lot of money from it. And not only are they making a whole lot of money from it, but they're transforming lives and shaking this world for the better as a result. So don't ever think whatever skill set or thing you're thinking about cannot be monetized. It can be monetized. So you have that something and monetize that something. People will pay for a lot. Someone, I'm sure there's someone that pays to hug puppies. Like I'm, I'm just thinking of things. There are people that will pay for just about anything. Again, if you can prove that it's something that they desire, if it's a problem that you're solving for them, maybe they're not there to hug their puppy, whatever. So step number one is to have that something. Step number two is to monetize that something. And you can monetize so many ways. I mentioned my book and course, but I'm also got one-on-one. I have affiliate marketing things. So I'm an affiliate for a few things that I really hold near and dear to my heart that I love to use. I make money from recommending those things. I make money from speaking, from my membership and subscription sites, right? From consulting, because I have a one-on-one pick my brain session. So you could do 30 or one hour session, 30 minutes or one hour sessions with me as well. So there are ways that you can figure out how to monetize what it is that you have, whether that's creating a physical product, whether that's teaching somebody how to create a physical product, whether that's a book, an ebook, maybe it's a YouTube channel, maybe it's a course you want to create, an e-course, or maybe it's an in-person course. Maybe it's one-on-one work or group-to-one work. Did that as well. Maybe it's affiliate marketing. Maybe it's consulting. Whatever it is, know that you can make money and turn or use all of these things I just mentioned for whatever it is that you're really great at, no matter what. And the key is to think outside the box. So while some people may say, you know, I'm a really great cook, so I want to open a restaurant. By all means, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. However, know that that's not where your limits lie. There are so many other things that you could do in addition to opening that restaurant. You can create the cookbooks or the recipe books. Maybe you create an actual recipe book that's empty that people fill in. It could be like a notebook kind of thing. I have a recipe book like that where I write my own recipes in it. I paid for it. It's empty pages. Somebody created that. Somebody creates everything, right? You can maybe do one-on-one and teach people how to create romantic meals for their spouse. Or maybe you create a service where you have dinner nights where girlfriends come together or guys for guys nights, they come together and learn how to cook a meal or whatever. You can create whatever you want from this thing that you're really great at. It does not have to be limited. So step number one, have something. Step number two, monetize that something. Multiple ways, preferably. Yeah. Okay. So step number three is to create 
boundaries. And what I mean by that is creating boundaries around your time, creating boundaries around your availability, creating boundaries around who you take money from. Because here's the thing. Not everybody's money is created equally. Even if two people give you $50, some of those people that are handing you $50 may come with things or headaches that are worth $150. So you want to be smart about who it is that gels well with you, who it is that you're willing to work with because it's an equal exchange. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't get. People are afraid to sell what it is that they have often because they feel like they're being salesy or that they're being a nuisance or they're being annoying. The reality is when you're selling something, it's an equal exchange. Yeah, they're giving you money for sure, but in exchange for that money, you're giving them something back, whether that's convenience, whether you're giving them time back because you're doing something for them that they could have done themselves, whether you're giving them entertainment, whatever it is that you're giving through your products or services, know that it is worth what you are giving them it for, right? So they're giving you their money in exchange for what it is that you have to offer. You don't owe them anything other than your product or service period. So that's why it's important to create boundaries around your time, around your availability and around who you take money from. I know when I worked with my very first business coach, she had boundaries around her time. And I loved that, appreciated that. That means that her clients weren't able to contact her outside of these working hours. I was able to see that example and learn from that. And you'll be learning from her too, because her interview will be on the Freedom Slave podcast very soon. So look out for that as well. However, she had boundaries around her time. I really, really, really respect that. And I create boundaries around my time, around my availability, around the way that I can be contacted now from my clients. And sometimes, especially at the beginning, you may not know how to create those boundaries, which is why I'm trying to come here and help you out, right? Maybe you're not giving everyone that you work with your number. I hope you're not because they don't have to have your phone number to contact you. You have an email set up for that, right? You can create boundaries about when you respond back. Maybe you're not responding back on weekends. Maybe you have a form on your website that allows you to pre-qualify someone, then hop on a call. And then when you hop on the call, you determine whether or not you pitch what it is that you have to offer because you're going to feel each other out and see if you're a good fit for them and if they're a good fit for you because you want it to work for the both of you. So create those boundaries because those boundaries allow you to create the space to do the next step. And the next step is to create your plan. When will you be leaving? How will you leaving? You know, what is it going to look like for you? How are you going to continue to bring in reoccurring revenue? Because that's what it boils down to. You don't want to be someone who's, you know, at the top of the water, constantly, constantly, um, what is that called when you're pedaling and, you know, trying to stay afloat. But anyway, I'm sure somebody's listening and knows the word for that, but I'm not editing this. You guys know what I'm talking about when you're trying to constantly kick underwater just to keep your head afloat. You don't want it to be that way. You want it to be as easy and graceful as possible. And by all means, I know, I understand the entrepreneurship journey is never ever going to be something that you can predict on a day-to-day or month-to-month or year-to-year basis. However, there are things that you can do and plan out that assist you with this even more, which is why at the very beginning I mentioned that when people take that leap initially and don't have the plan, it's a lot more difficult. Those are the ones you hear a lot of the stories around that have, you know, we're sleeping in the car or, you know, and these stories are real and they're authentic and they deserve to be, you know, brought to the forefront. Like look at Steve Harvey. He's in his car. Jim Carrey had a hard time. These people had hard times. They didn't, even J.K. Rowland, 
these people had difficult times before. However, they're succeeding now. So it doesn't mean that it's not possible. But what it means is that people who take the leap or that run in wholeheartedly without a solid plan do often have more trials and tribulations along the way. With a solid plan, you may not have a guaranteed view of what your future will look like as an entrepreneur. However, it will assist you to create more security and understand what at least is coming next. I know what's going to happen from now until the end of the year minimum in my business, you know, so it's good to have that kind of comfort because the entrepreneurship journey is uncomfortable enough all in and of itself. You're constantly making yourself uncomfortable and stepping outside your comfort zone. So your finances shouldn't be something that you're uncomfortable about. And the reason most people stay in their full-time job is for that security, right? The financial security for the insurance benefits, insurance that also gets paid by money. So when it all gets boiled down to it, a lot of times that most people are sitting behind their job and that you may be sitting at your job right now, even listening to this podcast is because they're paying your bills. And that's a mindset shift that I should put this as like four and a half, right? But that's a mindset shift that had to come to. And I got that from Lisa Nichols' book, Abundance Now was the name of it. And in that book, she said a lot of things. But one thing that she said that stuck to me I said, I was about to say stuck. See, told you guys, you wouldn't know that English is my first name language. But one thing that stuck with me, stuck with me (laughs) is that when you're working for someone else, the mindset shift that you have to make is stop looking at them as the, you know, the people or the corp or the whatever, the corporation, the individual, the business that's stopping you from doing what you love to do full time. Instead, look at them as an investor in your soon to be full time business. And that's how I shifted my mindset. I'm like, you know what? bi-weekly bonus, which is my paycheck every other week when I was getting it. I'm like, okay, this is helping invest in my business. I called it a bi-weekly bonus. Anytime I've received my paycheck, I'm like, oh, bi-weekly bonus. And I'm saying paycheck, but you know, direct transfer, whatever. You guys get the point. But you definitely want to make that mindset shift too, because I get it. I've been there. I know how difficult it could be sitting at a job that you don't want to be at, especially when you have something else on the side that you're working on and that you enjoy. I get it a hundred percent. Trust me. So you want to create this plan. And what I love to do is reverse engineer my goals. I like to see, okay, well, what is the minimum that I would like to do or create or make with this business or with this business idea or with this course or with this book or with this whatever. So when you're first leaving your job, the thing that you're going to be looking at is, okay, how much do I have to make in order to maintain the same level of lifestyle that you currently have? So you would want to at least at the minimum match your salary. I was tripling it before I left, but at the very least, you want to ensure that you are matching the salary because that's going to create, again, that security for you to know that, okay, I can do this. So what I like to do, let's say we're going to use easy numbers here. So let's say you make a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I get it. You probably should leave your job. But if you make a thousand dollars a month in your job, let's say you sell things for a hundred dollars. Let's say this vase, I'm looking at a vase that I have here, a vase. Some people say vase. And this vase I have or plant pot. It's a plant pot. Okay. I'm looking at this plant pot on my desk right now. And if I sell this for a hundred dollars, let's say you create plant pots and sell them for a hundred dollars, you know that you're going to have to send or sell, I should say 10 plant pots in order to match your salary. But then there are other things you have to think about as well, right? Figure out now how much does insurance cost to cover you? Or maybe you can hop on a partner's insurance or, you know, whatever, find out what that is. Because when you know your numbers, it makes it a lot easier for you to create these plans. So 
figure it out now. What are your numbers? What else would you have to pay for that you will come outside that maybe your job's covering? You know, what else is it? Maybe it's a one, um, I don't even know what they call it in the States. I forget the 401k, I think, and or your pension plan or whatever it is. Like, what is that additional thing that you may have to create or add additional money to? And then reverse engineer. So maybe you have to sell 10 plant pots, like I said, or maybe you say, hmm, I can sell 10 plant pots or I can create a course that teaches people how to make plant pots and maybe you're selling it for a thousand dollars so you only have to sell one of them or maybe you've created an ebook that you're selling for ten dollars and you have to sell a hundred of them and maybe you say okay well I have these three things so if I can sell five plant pots what's that five hundred dollars right you sell five plant pots and you sell one course fifteen hundred dollars and you can sell 10 books for $10 each. So $1,500 and what are we at? $1,600. So if you can do that, then you know for sure, hey, well, maybe I can cover what I make at my job and I could cover whatever additional pieces or whatever you want to do. And of course, this is super simplistic because it's a podcast. There's only so deep we could go in a podcast. So like I said, if you guys are interested in that training, by all means do sign up because we're going to dive a lot deeper into how to create your plan and your exit strategy and Cubicle Ditch Academy is launching next month, which is going to be amazing. Not only is it going to teach you how to plan your exit, it's going to teach you how to create those streams of income, how to triple your revenue, as well as how to recession-proof your business because a recession is coming, honey. Okay. So we're going to dive into all that in Cubicle Ditch Academy. And if you have any questions at all about that, shoot me a DM or send me an email at contactagainate.com. I am available because I think it's important that you learn how to properly monetize what it is that you have and create that plan that's going to have you feeling more secure when you do exit your job. So I want to help you with that. So make sure you sign up for the free training at gainete.com forward slash webinar. So let's do a quick recap. Number one is to have something, right? We went through that, have something to offer. Number two is to monetize that something. Number three is, or multiple ways even better, right? Monetize it multiple ways. Number three is to create boundaries so that you can have time to do number four, which is to create your plan and more importantly, execute your plan. That should be number five, executing your plan. So now that you have your plan, what are you going to do? So what are you going to be doing to sell those 10 vases or vases, whatever you want to call it? Or what are you going to do to create or sell that e-course? When are you going to plan that e-course? When are you going to create it? How are you going to market it? How are you going to be branding yourself as a business? So what are all these things going to look like? So creating those boundaries allow you to have that opportunity to do and create and execute your plan. So hopefully you found this helpful. If you did, make sure you take a screenshot and take me over at Gainete on Instagram or Twitter if you found a quotable that you like. I'm at Gainete everywhere. That's G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. Speak to you next time. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you 